let's uh, welcome in vaccine researcher, family physician. She joins us each and every Wednesday at this time for COVID update. Here is Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Okay, we're going to start with uh, the Premier, Doug Ford, and the province's top doctor, Dr. Kieran Moore. They created a lot of talk with some uh, quotes earlier this week, Dr. Gorfinkel, saying it is time to, quote, learn to live with COVID. What do you make of that statement, and what do you think that looks like exactly? Yeah, I, I just asked the question in return and response. Like, live, learn to live with it? I think that's an old question at this point. We, we are learning to live with it. We are making major adjustments. How long does that mean? I, I find those words rather without meaning, to tell you the truth, because I think if COVID is here to stay, it's going to be with us either in a pandemic form as it is now, or if we're lucky, it'll revert to endemic, which means we're not going to see those tremendous mountains of cases followed by quiet. Then again, another mountain. That's what a pandemic is. An endemic is where the number of cases is, is much quieter, where we get a little blip on a seasonal basis. We have yet to see that happen. Learn to live with it. I think that's become a new reality already. Hopefully masks will become a part of that equation on a permanent basis. Yeah. And when we talk about learning to live with it, to live with COVID, do you think that the doctor, uh, Dr. Moore and the premier, Doug Ford, they're also signaling uh, that there will not be any more lockdowns to business, which we know have been uh, very detrimental for uh, business owners. And of course, uh, hospitals as well being, you know, solely focused on a COVID and people's surgeries, unfortunately, having uh, been postponed. There's no question that the COVID-19 pandemic has had tremendous costs associated with it. And it's not always easy balancing those costs with the costs of shutdowns. Like, where does that lie? And understand that for the best politician, for the best healthcare worker, it's represented a tremendous learning curve because we're walking in this land of uncertainties. And that's been a major problem. Even now, if you take a look at the case counts, what's happening, it's great. Wastewater signals are still going down. Hospitalizations are coming down in Ontario. That's wonderful. ICU has come down. That's great. I mean, we're seeing numbers of about 20% of a difference between last week and this week. Does that mean we've peaked? Does that mean we're not going to get more? Let's hope that that's what that means. But the number of deaths have gone up just a bit. So where does this land us? We're still walking in a land of uncertainties. That's, and I think we need to own that. So when we open, it should be gradually. It shouldn't fling the doors wide open and let the horses fly. It's not quite like that. It's more, see what happens as you open gradually, three-week intervals, because that's how long it takes for hospitalizations to catch up with case numbers, and just make sure we're doing the right thing. Okay, this data came out the other day, suggesting or saying that one in five Canadian households had COVID over the last two months. And Dr. Gorfinkel, that's had a lot of people kind of scratching their heads uh, wondering about that number. Does that number, does it seem a little low, one in five? One in five sounds low. The poll, to be fair, that you're talking about that Angus Reid poll, it involved about 1,700 people. Is it representative? It's possible. And they did try to take into account the lack of tests. They added on to that. 
But what it's missing and why that number feels so low is because guess who had to isolate along with the people who were known to test positive? And the answer is family members and close contacts, right? So if, if somebody knew they had a contact with someone who tested positive for COVID, even if they were vaccinated, the answer was you have to stay in isolation for five days. So think about how that multiplies the number and multiplies it rapidly. That's why Quebec alone saw 20,000 healthcare workers off of work. And when we talk about the number of hospital beds, you know, we, we recognize that the number of hospital beds has come way down in Canada already from 19, the 1970s. Let's not talk about it. Back then, there were seven hospital beds per thousand people. And now we're probably sitting somewhere around two, something like that. So it's pretty concerning when you when you add those factors into it. Mm -hmm. All right. I also want to talk to you about the Pfizer vaccine here this afternoon because uh, they've announced a, a vaccine for children under five and they are asking in the states for FDA authorization. What more do we know about this Pfizer vaccine targeted or meant for kids under the age of five? Yeah, so it's an interesting thing. When the Pfizer had made their announcements, this is sometime in December, they made the announcement that the vaccine for six-month-old to five-year-olds was unfortunately not that effective. They didn't find it to be as effective as it had been in adults. So they kind of pulled the plug and they said, wait a second, this isn't ready for prime time just yet. So instead of that, they said, well, maybe we need an added dose. And that's what they did. So in addition to giving two doses at sort of zero time and 21 days later, they added a third dose at two months. What does emergency use authorization exactly mean? It means the Food and Drug Administration, we're not talking about Health Canada just yet, we're talking about the United States. They decided maybe they'll consider the data. So they have yet to approve it, but it looks like they may if that third dose shows that six-month-old to five-year-olds actually do have a reduction in cases. The bigger question, if you ask me, is what's going to be the uptake? Because we're already seeing the uptake is actually very low for five to 11-year-olds. In my view, they should have brought it to the schools and made it an opt-out for parents, made it a lot easier for parents. But let's put that notion aside for just a second and say, what's going on with the you know, six-month-old to five-year-olds? The uptake question is a huge one. And then in mm -hmm. addition, have we already peaked cases? That's a whole other thing, too. Yeah. Is that uptake, is it a question of accessibility to the vaccine or is there some things that parents are just still waiting to know, particularly when it comes to very young, small children? I mean, what do parents need to know about this Pfizer vaccine, uh, in particular when it comes to things such as possible side effects? We don't know yet. That has not yet been released. So we have to wait for that data to come out. What we know is that the dose is far less. And in fact, they're giving one-tenth of the adult dose to, to six-month-old to five-year-olds. And just fresher re refresher course here, five-year-olds to 11-year-olds also had a lesser dose by one-third. It was only one-third of the adult dose. Kids 12 and over are getting the full adult dose. So what does this mean? It's hard to know for sure what that's going to translate into as far as side effects go in the very young. As we're always taught in pediatrics and medical school, 
young kids are not young adults. You, they're not adults. You can't even, you can't make extrapolations. They're looking at the very same things, redness, soreness at the injection site. They're going to be asking the same questions, but we don't have those answers just yet. And of course, the best answers are not going to come from the data from Pfizer. Nope, it's going to come from the real world data when it's given on mass. All right, we've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Gorfinkel about Quebec's decision to scrap plans for that so-called anti-vax tax. And moving forward, what is the best strategy when it comes to maximizing vaccination rates? We'll talk about that and more after a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 